Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. This is episode 220. 220. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, we have another episode, man. So I was thinking about this. 220, that puts us right around how many years? Five and a half or... It's been a long time, man. I kind of flown by just thinking about how long we've been doing this. Yeah, so two twenty divided by fifty two is four point two three. So yeah, yeah. So I think it'll be five in in March because like Texas Independence Day is roughly when we started. Yeah, right, like right there that day or around it. So That's unbelievable. I know. It's unbelievable. Crazy. It's crazy. It it's it's crazy. So yeah, I'll be yeah yeah yeah. So um, it is. A lot's happened over those five years, too. <laughs> we should have. We should have, like, a five-year cathartic reset uh, on our five-year anniversary. Um, I mean, you know, so anyways. Um, but, yeah, all is good. All is good. Um, let's talk about our sponsor, Jubilee Royalty. Fund 2 is getting ready to close out if you're interested in investing in minerals. And why wouldn't you be? You have to be an accredited investor. Now is the time, right? We're talking about. $75 WTI Natty Gas is sitting at what's it sitting at? Five, six, seven. Natty Gas sitting at 550 this morning. Reach out to the good folks at Jubilee Royalty. I'll link to their information alone. I mean, in the, in the show notes, uh, credit investors again only are allowed to invest in fund two, but uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, Joshua, someone sent me a message last week and was laughing at our, at our, uh, our COVID talk. And so, I'm good to know that some people got some some levity from it. So uh, we're back. Yeah. Yep. Well, they they have humor at our expense. That's the uh, that's the way I like it. I like. Listen, uh, we survived a disease that Australia is literally locking people down to prevent it from spreading. We're yeah. basically superhumans. <laughs> did you see, did you see that uh, that video where this lady wasn't wearing her mask correctly, and so a cop was like like choking her, double hand choking her, taking, taking, like the Undertaker, ready really to choke slam her. Yeah. That'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> that disease is so deadly uh, that, that they're ruining their economy, their country, everything about it. But Josh and I survived it. So um, I feel like we should get like a statue in Granbury, maybe. Yeah, no kidding. Like, uh, I mean, this is, it's like rare, rare air that we're breathing here, uh, surviving such, such uh, catastrophes. And, so, and, and to be clear, and to be clear, jo- I know my Josh, I know, I know people who have died of COVID. I'm not saying, you can't die from COVID or any of that kind of nonsense. It's not real. It's just, it just, it just. I think we get a little frustrated at the overreaction that we see um, from the going, going around the world. But good, good news. Pfizer announced today, I think it was Pfizer, that we will be able to get past the pandemic with a yearly Pfizer shot. So there you go. There's your positivity this morning. Are they free? Or are they like doing this like a just kind of a? Uh, non-profit type of deal yeah or? they're just yeah they're not charging anyone they're just giving them away for free the yeah. government's paying for it they're just out of the goodness of their heart they thought that the perpetual shots is the best way to go forward oh yeah okay it's yeah. there's no very, very kind of them yes yeah, no offer that to us um well ron uh there was an interesting article that came out uh bloomberg uh commodity gi- giant trafigura 
paints bullish outlook for oil and gas. Uh, they're looking at uh, oil supply issues and anticipating that by the end of 2022, we're going to be up around $100 a barrel. That's, uh, that's the gist of what they're, of what they're saying. So um, the, one of the quotes here is deferred crude, particularly for December 2022 and 2023 is cheap. Um, he said, uh, I think this is Luckuk said it, he wouldn't be surprised if Brent has risen to about 100 a barrel by then. Uh, I struggle to see anything but higher prices going forward in the next two years. Uh, so apparently he's seeing some supply issues um, and their supply issues pretty much in every uh, every field right now, whether it be um, printers, vehicles. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going trying to buy a vehicle right now, but that is a nightmare right now that there's shortages of supply. There's people that are, are literally like calling, offering dealerships more money than MSRP to buy their vehicles, to bring them to their car dealership so they can sell them. Mm. That's how crazy it is right now. Mm. It is unbelievable. Never seen anything like this. No, no, <laughs> we, we, we haven't. Have we? I can't imagine what caused all this. It's really weird. Um, but to your point about the supply issues, listen, we've got a litany of stories today talking about oil and gas that are more specific to uh, the industry. And if you just read these stories, you go, well, how does the price ever come back down? Because the U.S. is not going to increase production. You know, it, it something has to give. And maybe it takes oil to get to $100 before the U.S., you know, the, the domestic drilling comes back and, um, you know, how much it can come back is a separate story. But, um, you know, you know, we see more rigs getting out there. And, um, it, you know, we were sitting here, what did we say it was, 70 75 and 550 natural gas. What else could you want in life? You know, and, and it's just, we're just not putting enough rigs out there. And so, um, it, I'm not complaining from the standpoint, you know, we've said for day one, I think on this podcast, we won't consistently, we won't consistent prices, right? So if they, if they stay at 75, that's great. Um, but I think the other, the other side is we're not seeing anything from the U S side that's going to help slow down the price the price increases mm -hmm. and the other thing is i was talking to someone in the airlines this weekend and they're pointing out that they hope that international travel comes back soon and if that comes back then you're going to see more demand especially on um jet fuel demand uh, that's where most of their demand comes from is international travel so if that starts coming back you know so yeah well unless we go through some kind of crazy shutdown again which unless for your australia it seems like that's getting further and further away um it feels like demand's going to go up to the right yeah. So just as we're talking, Ryan, there is a article that came out. Um, Goldman Sachs came uh, after Hurricane Ida. And I think more so looking at some of these supply issues, they just up their anticipation by December this year to $90 a barrel for Brent. Um, about two months ago, they had projected it at 80. Uh, so Jay we're at 75. Jay Young is somewhere sitting there. Counting his dollars like Scrooge McDuck, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Young is sitting there somewhere, just counting his counting his money. So, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at looking at what these projections are, these supply issues, um, big companies that you know that you you would think have a pretty good um, finger on the pulse that they're everyone is saying oil is is going to go up a lot. Uh, 
because of these because of these supply issues. Now, uh, just to point out one of the causes of the supply issues, Ron, I have an, I have an uh, article here that's not from Texas. It's from Denver, Colorado. Um, they it, it's titled the article is Denver's airport makes plans to plug all oil and gas wells as it focuses on sustainability. Now, I don't want to jump into this too much, but um, well, it's things like pattern, right. We had this last week with California, with uh, Los Angeles County or wherever it was. Yep. You know, it's just we're just keep keep seeing it. Yeah. I mean, so you have a problem with expensive oil, expensive gas. Uh, I'll just go plug all the wells. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, it, at the end of the day, what we're going to see, I believe, uh, for at least a little while, especially in some of these bluer states, we're going to see people transitioning away, which is just going to drive the prices up. And I think, uh, Ryan, what we're going to see is uh, uh, more reliance on other countries to start kind of filling in these gaps. I don't know if Texas is going to step in and, and actually do this. Like we talked about uh, money, people are hesitant to invest. Where are we going to get this uh, needed oil, this extra oil that, that, that we're going to need in gas? And it looks like it's just going to be coming from some of these other countries. Yeah, let us know if you're hearing that your company is, is expecting to ramp up in 2022. Obviously, 2021 is probably a little bit late, but if, you know, shoot us a message. We'll keep you your name off the books, if you will, um, because you're right, Josh. You see Los Angeles, you see Denver. Um, people keep you know more and more. If more and more places continue to say you can't drill here, or it's so hard to drill here that um, you know we're going to lose production, the production has to come from somewhere, and that's the thing. It's not. It's not like me, you know, if I lose 10 pounds, the weight's gone, you know, like in this model, I lose 10 pounds and Josh gains 10 pounds. Like it's got to, it's got to go somewhere. It's, yep. it's, it's just the way it is. And so, you know, we're, we're, when you cut, it just replaces somewhere else. And so, um, will we see it in Texas and New Mexico? Perhaps I think we we're talking about the Biden stuff, but we're going to need to get the, you know, more clear directive from the Biden administration, um, moving forward and it looks like that's kind of going in the opposite direction so you know we'll, we'll see what's going on so you mentioned the biden story i'm going to move it forward here uh because i have another one i want to talk about with the railroad commission um so this one is any news energy wire all states brace for biden methane rule uh there it sets release a major crackdown on oil and gas methane emissions in the coming weeks the concerns are brewing about how the rule could affect small operators, which we've been saying, and how much the nation's leading oil and gas producing states may fight the plan. Small oil and gas operators say the coming methane rules from EPA could have an outsized impact on the low producing wells that are their lifeblood. So um, it looks like they're, um, like we talked about before, when these rules are made, uh, people like Exxon, Chevron, uh, they have the ear of some of these policymakers and, and can have these rules written to basically benefit them. I mean, like, like we used to talk about with uh, Pioneer, you know, once you get to a certain amount of reduction of CO2, you hit that and you've got everything in place to do that. Well, now what you want is the government to force everyone to do it because a lot of people can't afford it and then um, put them out of business or at least put the squeeze on them so that you can you know, scoop up some extra market share. So um, I think the big companies like these rules, uh, the smaller operators are, are going to be struggling more with them. Um, but it's, uh, it's the direction that, that, that has been um, 
I think we've all been expecting this to come, honestly, uh, at some point. Yeah, and it's so weird that so many people don't make that connection. And we've got to say it over and over and over again that that these big companies, they want the regulation because it helps them out. And they try to act as if that they're concerned about the regulation. And um, and they're not. They're more concerned about, um, you know, helping themselves out. And so that's a wee bit frustrating. Speaking of regulation, Josh, I was trying to find out. We have coming on, I ain't told you this. This is a little bit of breaking news here everyone we have a congressman coming on the show um in two weeks let's see here it is congressman um jody errington is supposed to be coming on in a couple weeks and so um we'll get to ask him all the hard questions i, I got it yeah i need to go uh do a little homework on that see what uh what to expect there so uh, I mentioned uh, the Railroad Commission. Uh, they're based, uh, this is an article from September 21st, for 4th, September 24th. Uh, Railroad Commission to stop issuing new disposal well permits for part of Midland Basin. Um, we've been following to some degree seismic activity in areas in the Midland Basin where there's been a lot of saltwater disposal wells. And they're saying now that they're going to stop issuing those permits. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be a permanent uh, thing or if uh, this is going to be for a certain amount of time. Uh, but they're also, they have some other rules in this that are reduce their maximum daily injection rate of 10,000 barrels per day and a few other things. But um, saltwater disposal wells were a big um, hmm. big topic, you know, a couple of years ago when the Permian was you know, having its heyday. And, and one of the questions I've had is this, how is the water industry doing? How's the saltwater disposal wells doing? Um, because there hasn't been as much in the news here lately about it, but apparently they're putting some limitations, um, on how much they can, they can do now. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be for at least a year. They're saying, of course they could change their mind at any time, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to undo these things once they do them, you know, it's hard to, roll it back usually if they do it for a year before you know it it's been three or four years and they hadn't lifted it yeah so i think the question is going to be i think we talked about this the first time ever which is a, a few years back it's the kind of you know, how come fraser are the you know is this causing the earthquakes well we don't really know but you know it seems to be most likely what it is so if you stop them and again i'm not a geologist or i'm just a, just a dude talking on a podcast um if they lower the amount or stop them for a year and the earthquakes go away, then to your point, it would, um, you know, you would suspect that, okay, Hey, they're going to keep them at that level, if not lower. But if the, if the earthquakes stay the same level or increase, then do they say, well, obviously that's obviously do they look then and go, well, it wasn't this that was doing it. Therefore we can go back to doing this. Right. And so I think that's going to be the question. Of course, again, you know, this is not a, you know, this is a, an industry that's being governed by just you know, morals and principles all the time. So if oil is a hundred dollars a barrel and, you know, people were drilling and the producers are putting a bunch of pressure on them, that could also change what's happening there as well. So it would, but to your other point, um, which is a good point is that it's uh it's been a big business out there, water, saltwater, suppose of wells. You know, I wonder how this impacts, um, the people out there that are doing it. now it's not for the whole Permian basin. It's just part of the Mid Midland. 
it's um so there are parts i guess that will still be this is known as the uh gardendale seismic response area um so i guess it's going to be other parts they'll keep it the same all right ryan so uh one last article for us this was one that was in the roundup but this one's kind of interesting so this is actually from september the 21st and we've talked a bit about uh some of some of these players so right now uh the permian giants uh from top to bottom number one is pioneer uh pioneer was at uh 629 uh oil production per day uh conico phillips actually jumped up to number two run because of their purchase of some of those shell assets so they're up at 610 uh chevron was number three oxy number four and then ConocoPhillips uh, was down at number five before they factored in that shell acquisition, which I don't believe is actually going to be through until the end of the year. But right. but it, it effectively is. So once they combine them, it actually puts them at number two. But really, they're still technically down at number five or four, really, because, you know. Um, yeah, it was funny because this story broke right after our show last week, like mm-hmm. 24 hours. We're talking about, you know, Pioneer and watching their deal and you know, and how it affects now shell getting out of the, the oil and gas business. Isn't really a surprise. They've been kind of moving um, yeah. in that direction, um, at least on stuff like this for, for some time now. Um, so it'd be curious to see how this affects the pioneer deal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Cause now you have kind Phillips, you know, snagging that up. So there you go. So who do you think is going to buy the, the pioneer stuff? I'd love to hear from our listeners who they think is, is going to be like Chevron Oxy. Uh, is Conoco Phillips going to buy it? Um, Exxon, Downback, Devin, those are the top ones according to Inveris. So I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. Listen, if oil's at 75 and gas is at 550, it should go quick. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of acreage should. Yeah. Uh, what, what's surprising, Ryan? This is the thing that surprised me about this list. I don't know what jumps out to you on it. Um, Exxon. Oh, number six. I tell you what jumps out to me that none of these people were sponsoring our podcast. That's what jumps out to me, obviously. Well, that would guarantee a top spot, you know, uh, within, you know, 45 days. I mean, when I say guarantee, I mean like literal guarantee. We would dub them the best operator in Texas. Yeah. And that's all they need. I mean, that gives them the clout. Uh, You know, that, that would, that would certainly uh, bump their numbers up tremendously. Yeah, and you know, it's unfortunate, Ryan, looking at this because Pioneer uh, actually had pretty big losses. And I, I say losses, you got to put those in air quotes because yeah. it was because they had hedged uh, right. the oil. So that, they're not actually turning a profit to reflect these numbers like you would expect. Um, so, I, I mean, they're doing well, though. I mean, the, the production's there. As soon as these hedges fall off where the oil prices are, man, you got to think they're upset right now because there's – probably so much money that they're losing with these hedges right now mm-hmm. they probably hedged that oil at like 40 mm-hmm. here it is at 75 oh man mm-hmm. gas oh that's tough mm-hmm. but and if, if those things fall off pretty soon the oil ends up at like 100 and they're still able to hold those production numbers um pioneers gonna be having a heyday having a heyday listen exxon chevron pioneer whomever just like you pay off Joe Biden, you can pay us off. So if you want that title as a Texas oil and gas podcast approved producer, talk to us. We're, we're, we're actually cheaper than your boy Biden is. So uh, just just let us know. We'll be happy. Yeah. Seven figures is all we need. We don't, we don't need eight. No, we don't, don't need eight. Seven's yeah. 
So it's has it's high it's high sevens. It's really high sevens. <laughs> Almost eight. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. If you were rounding up, it would be eight easy, but we won't round up. So yeah. But uh, anyways, all right, Josh, what else we got? That it? Uh yeah, I think so, man. I think so. I I uh think that covers most of the most of the news over the past week. All right, good deal. Well, listeners, be sure to check out Inside the War Room. A lot of stuff come out this week. I actually have on a guy, Josh. I'm talk about this. Um, the dude was did I tell you about the deep sea diver I got on? Mm-mm. He went to the bottom of the ocean. He's working on an oil and gas manifold, actually. And so he's so deep, he has to have an umbilical to his suit. So he's got heat, oxygen, all that stuff pumped in. Like otherwise, otherwise he'd freeze to death, no oxygen. It gets snapped. He's on the bottom of the ocean floor for 41 minutes. His reserve tank lasts for between five to seven, maybe 10 minutes on a good day. How did he survive? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, check him out. Coming out, uh, I think, this week on the podcast. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So, anyways. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep vibing.